Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker, and I'm sad. And I am joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, are you sad as well? Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's, um, you know, I, for those who didn't listen, on we do our uh, weekly game previews now, um, which comes out on Thursday or Friday. And I was kind of optimistic. I even said, I think I'm like super confident, but I also mentioned that I was scared because that's usually when the Falcons get you. And that's what happened. DW, they, they got me. And I think they got all of us. Yeah. Um, they certainly did. And obviously there's a lot to talk about in the context of this game uh, and what happened around the game. Um, but the Falcons did drop another game at home. Uh, they've been frustrating to watch at Mercedes-Benz this mm-hmm. year. Uh, so for fans who were there, fans who bought tickets, fans who have season tickets, um, God bless you. I, I really wouldn't wish that on anybody, the performance they put on the field today. Um, but they did lose uh, 1913. They dropped back into the bottom of the NFC South. <laughs> the Panthers moved to four and four. The Falcons dropped to three and four. Uh, so they do sit alone at the bottom of the NFC South again, uh, and they missed an opportunity. They missed an opportunity to stay sort of in the conversation about the playoffs. They missed an opportunity to re-encourage fans about you know their recent w- uh, uh, wins. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was a very frustrating game. Um, and as the score denotes, you know the Falcons' offense they couldn't get it going in this game, and a lot of that you know obviously has to do with uh, Calvin Ridley and the fact that. He was uh, he was a scratch. Uh, very surprisingly, he was not on the injury report. Uh, and as we would later find out from Calvin himself, uh, he is taking some time off for his own mental health. And I want to address this on this podcast. We'll talk about it at the site, possibly on another podcast here in the future. Um, but just quickly, uh, this is 100% the right decision for Calvin Ridley. If you think this is a sign of weakness, if you think that this shows that Calvin Ridley is not worthy of being on this team. If you think that Calvin Ridley uh, is proving that he is not worthy of being a a wide receiver one, um, your opinion is garbage. And right now, Calvin Ridley needs our support. Um, He is clearly going through something, and him taking time away from the game uh, is what he needs to do. And the Falcons will have to figure out something in, in the wake of that. Um, But right now, the thing that is most important, uh, without question, is his mental health. And I'm glad he's taking time away. And honestly, we will not entertain any of those garbage opinions on this podcast or at the site. And I just want to put that out there. Um, But Mm -hmm. clearly, Evan, they missed him in this game. I mean, that's, you know, a reality. He was, um, uh, he's had good games historically against the Panthers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this game was about just sort of the other weapons not working out. So, right. 
tell us about what the offense did statistically today and why it was such a sad look. <laughs> yeah, um, just speaking about Ridley, it's uh, one of those things where we did we we could only speculate. Um, there was no defining word on the whole thing. We just knew personal reasons, and then you know, obviously, as you mentioned, um, it came out. Uh, he tweeted like a statement about him stepping away and you know he, he's a human being first football players like fourth or fifth he's got a lot of other things going on as a human being mm-hmm. um so you know obviously we just wish the best for him uh going forward because i think you know most people even those who probably haven't realized it have had some sort of difficulty with mental health um it's just something that's been coming to light more recently but i know you know people at our our side who write for our site have battled with some mental health stuff and it's it's sad to see what it can do to people um but you know it's one of those things where the best thing to do is support and not sit there and attack them online and stuff like that because yeah you know it's per, it's mental health stuff but we don't know what he's really dealing with um and he's a human being first so just lay off him um but yeah so we're here you know to talk about this game and as you mentioned the offense um which was rough to say the least. Um, essentially, the Panthers just seemed like they just eliminated Kyle Pitts because they knew the depth at receiver for the Falcons just wasn't good. Um, Tajay Sharp was their leading receiver, five receptions, 58 yards. Uh, Cordero Patterson had five receptions for 37 yards and a touchdown through the air. Matt Ryan, 20 of 27, 146 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, and a bloody finger. Um, oh god that was gruesome <laughs> it was so nasty like i was like part of me was like damn he's tough and then part of me's like dude you probably should get that looked at like, that's that's a lot of blood um so and, and it was on his left uh throwing hand um so you know it shouldn't affect him passing the ball but he did seem to have some poor throws later on so who really knows um <laughs> But Mike Davis on the ground, nine carries, 44 yards. Cordero Patterson, uh, nine carries, 35 yards. So we saw more balance after last week where mm-hmm. Davis had, what, four carries or Just something? Just four carries, right. Yeah, so a little more balance. Both of them getting nine carries. And Davis technically having the better day on the ground. While Patterson, um, I think knowing Ridley was out, um, they kind of turned to Patterson to step up more in receiving game. And, uh, yeah, that about sums it up for the offense. I will say um, – that we're in trouble if they don't make some changes. I'm sure they'll sign a receiver or something. Um, but the depth after Calvin Ridley is just awful. Russell Gage, you would think is, you know, because he's wide receiver too, technically literally no targets all yeah. day. Um, kind of surprising. Yeah. And then Pitts, um, they just, as I mentioned, they just doubled him. They made sure to take him out of the game. And once they did that, there was no one else um, to really make an impact. Yeah, some of the guys, I, I thought Hayden Hurst might be more of a factor, but he had just two catches for, for four yards. Uh, so yeah. clearly that that wasn't getting anything done. Um, you know, Zacchaeus had a catch, uh, but I, I think this is what we sort of suspected with this roster coming into the season. Um, they couldn't, they can't, you know, they're, the, the depth is terrible. And uh, losing any guy. It, it, it might be the worst receiver depth in the league. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that's like a crazy statement just based on, the experience. I mean, Tajay Sharp, now that you take Ridley out, Tajay Sharp's technically the most experienced. (laughs) And that should scare anyone. Right. (laughs) Just like looking at who's there. So, yeah. And, you know, this game was, um, 
obviously terrible and Ryan's two interceptions were bad. You know, I don't think you can make any excuses for him. One, I think uh, he just didn't see Shaq Thompson and uh, he got an easy pick out of it. The other one, I felt like he was targeting um, Pitts, rightly so, because Pitts had one-on-one coverage, um, but he just didn't put it in a good spot, and it was picked off. I think the, the decision was a good one. He saw Pitts one-on-one, and he thought, I'm taking that you know, every single time. Um, but Ryan was pressured. He couldn't put enough on the ball, and, and it got picked off. So his two interceptions clearly uh, hurt, you know, hurt the team today, and mm-hmm. I don't want to pile on. Um, but certainly the, the Falcons right now as a team, they can't survive a bad game for Matt Ryan. Like they right. almost literally need him to be perfect. And he wasn't perfect today. He was far from perfect. And they need Pitts to dominate. Yeah. Um, two receptions for 13 yards isn't going to cut it if the Falcons are trying to win the game. Um, that's why it's kind of they're kind of in a jam right now, because at least before with Ridley, you kind of had, you know, a, another threat. Now, I mean, Patterson can only do so much. Like he's yeah. he's doing stuff on the ground. He's doing it through the air. But even then, you need that threat. Um, I, you know, we talked about before, but they had John Brown in for a visit weeks ago and didn't end up signing him. But that's a kind of like veteran player that could actually make an impact. Um, right now, they don't have that with Ridley gone. So I yeah. wouldn't be shocked if they make some sort of wide receiver signing during the week. Um, Hopefully that's the case, but I mean, who really knows? Yeah, I mean, they. In order for them to be competitive, I think they'll need to do it. the The problem that, of course, is looming here is the Falcons' cap space, right? Uh, is is a bit of a problem. You know, I think they have a little under two million left for the, re- the rest of the year. Uh, even if you sign a, a vet, you know, at vet minimum, and you know that's not a guarantee, right? Uh, you're still going to take about a seven hundred thousand hit against your cap and. Uh, right now, the Falcons are sort of in the position where they can't afford to make any significant moves. So, you know, if Calvin is out for an extended period of time, and right now, I think, I think we should go in with the assumption he's going to be out for a while. Um, it, it sounds like, and I don't want to speculate, but it sounds like he's just going to end up being dumb for the season. The way it was phrased is kind of, it's definitely more than a few games sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think this is definitely, as you said, I think this is probably more than just a few games. I, I hope we're wrong, I, I, but, you know, the thing is, if he needs the entire rest of the season, then that's what he needs to take. Right. Um, and I think the, the Falcons need to plan accordingly. Um, and yeah, I don't want to get into any conversations about the long term because I, I think that's way premature at this point mm-hmm. uh, and just fruitless uh, because that's, you know, that, that is not going to help anybody. Um, right. But with you know, where the Falcons are at, you know, they're, they are missing wide receiver one. Um, and, you know, the thing is the, the Panthers, I think they had a good game plan. They basically said, we're going to bracket Kyle Pitts. We're going to double him up the entire game. And um, Ryan still targeted him and actually got some defensive pass interference calls because of it. Um, and on one of the passes that Ryan made to him down the sideline later in the game, Pitts, you know, as good as he's been, he had his first drop of the season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's sort of the story of this game for the offense was, you know, they uh, when they weren't making plays, it was it was a drop or it was a missed field goal. The first one from coup all year. Uh, so, of course, it would be in this game. Um, I, I did see a lot of Atlanta fans say, hey, this is the Falcons, you know, sacrificing one so that the Braves are in <laughs> it tonight. And uh, we're, we're going to go with that. We're going to go that this was mm-hmm. a, a Falcons sacrifice for a Braves uh, World Series win. 
um, which we certainly hope happens. By the time you listen to this, it may already be settled, and we'll see how Jeez, that plays when, out. When they were showing the crowd, it seemed like everybody was already pre-gaming for the Braves game. The Braves. <laughs> there was nobody there. <laughs> oh, and, and at one point, we literally heard in the middle of the game the tomahawk chop start up at Mercedes-Benz, which was um, – I, I was watching the game and thinking to myself, are they doing the tomahawk chop at the Falcons game? And yeah, sure enough, mm-hmm. some of the reporters there confirmed that that, that <laughs> was happening. Oh my goodness. The, the other thing I want to point out in this game, because you know they're not going to show up on the stat sheet, but the, the Falcons offensive line today was not particularly good. They gave up uh, three sacks um, for you know 15 total yards loss. Uh, and honestly, the protection through most of the day was, was pretty poor. Um, Ryan didn't have the kind of time he's had over the past three or four games uh, as evidenced by his 5.4 yards per attempt uh, on the day. And, you know, this is something where going in, we, we kind of talked about the, the Panthers pass rush, uh, the fact that they had 18 sacks, uh, but, you know, only four in recent weeks, now they show back up, you know, Hassan Reddick, I think had one of those sacks and, you know, that that is in, in some ways we, we do have to give them some credit here. You know, they uh, they came in, they got, um, you know, Reddick back on the board. I think Brian Burns uh, split a sack with someone else. Um, Gross Matos had a sack. Um, so this wasn't just about the Falcons offense. I think their defense did a good job. And you know, the other thing to point out, too, they uh, activated both Shaq Thompson, who was a quality uh, linebacker, and clearly he had one of the interceptions yeah. on the day. And the other guy they activated, Stephon Gilmore, had the other interception on the day. Um, so, you know, that obviously was a factor. You know, the, fact, the Panthers' defense showed up and played really well. I don't want to take anything away from them. I know. When you look at the scoreboard, too, it's like it doesn't – you know, one thing that's not getting enough credit to is the Falcons defense did enough to like kind of keep them out of the end zone because they only had one touchdown. Um, They had four field goals, um, which kind of put, or was it four? Yeah. Four. Yeah. Um, Which kind of put the, you know, Falcons away. So it's like, it's kind of hard to blame the Falcons defense because I think they did enough for the Falcons to technically win this. It's just the offense could not get going. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And we're going to talk about the Falcons' defense and the Panthers' offense and what they did in this game. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito 
And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We're recapping the Falcons' loss to the Panthers' division road or division home loss, uh, not on the road, unfortunately, uh, and a stinker at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They lost mm-hmm. 19 to 13, dropped back to the bottom of the NFC South. Um, I, I, I think we all collectively heard uh, Falcons fans who have been talking about the playoffs. We sort of heard like this uh, <laughs> bal- balloon go. As all yep. the air got let out of that balloon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I do want to say um, one game, especially division game. Division games can be really screwy. We've seen, yeah. We see this all the time. You know, you go back to 2015 when the Panthers were, like, undefeated except for one game, and it was when the Falcons beat them. You know, they went 15-1 and one that year, um, and it was the Falcons that beat them randomly, a bad Falcons team in 2015. Um, and that's the thing I think with the NFL is, you know, these division games, they are not a predictor necessarily of what the rest of the week is going to look like, what the next few games are going to look like. Um, you know, so I will say this before we start talking about the Falcons defense, um, don't put too much weight into this game. It, it sucked. It was terrible. Um, a lot of blame to go around and certainly don't want to see this team lose at home the way that they did. But it doesn't mean anything past this game. Now, if they continue the string losses like this together, that will mean something. Um, and plus, this, the schedule is not going to get any easier, <laughs> right? Yeah, but you know what? If they if they show up against the Patriots and the Saints and the Cowboys and they mm-hmm. look good, then we're going to forget that they, you know, that's going to change the perspective of this team. And right, you know, that's what I'm saying. This one game it sucked, but let's see what they look like going forward before we make any sweeping judgments about the season. Uh, and about their chances and where they're going to finish. Um, because depending on the game, you know, this team is either going to be, uh, you know, three and 14, or they're going to be 14, and, you know, 13 and four. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just depends on what you see from week to week. <laughs> um, but let's talk about what the Panthers did on offense. So yep. give us the recap, Evan, of, of what Sam Darnold and the rest of the offense did on today. Yep. So Sam Darnold had 13 completions um, off of 24 attempts for 129 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, had eight carries for 66 yards on the ground. Um, He got knocked out after he was running a whole lot. um, And then literally like Foy laid a big hit on him. And I think it was designated as a concussion, but he did not return. Um, Just, I mean, it's it's tough to see, you know. You don't want oh, to see somebody get crushed. hurt. He really got hit, yeah. And it's like at the same time, he was getting a little too comfortable running. Um, I mean, eight carries, they were all like where he just took off, and he was getting a ton of yardage. Yep. And it just kind of, it was one of those things where, you know, they they have rules in place for the quarterbacks to not get hurt to where they slide, and he just didn't. Um, for some reason, he thought he was going to run through Foy, and I can't remember who else it was, but. Yeah, he just he took a hit and that he was done for the day. Um, so PJ Walker came in, had one one uh, attempt and it was incomplete. Uh, but also on the ground, Chuba Hubbard, uh, rookie, he had 24 carries. That ties his uh, career most since he's a uh, rookie. Um, 82 yards and a touchdown. Um, he was you know pretty efficient for them. Uh, Amir Abdullah, he was kind of a surprise. Um, I believe he was most recently with Minnesota. I don't know when he got released, but Carolina apparently signed him eight carries, 31 yards. And then through the year, uh, three receptions, 35 yards. Um, he looked pretty good, even if the stats don't really back it up. Um, 
through the air, DJ Moore, four receptions, 59 yards. Um, Tommy Tremble, three receptions, 18 yards. So, yeah, if you're sitting there like, well, these offensive stats don't sound pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's because <laughs> they they got all their points, you know, pretty much from the field goals, except for Hubbard. Right. Um, not a great day offensively for the Panthers by any means. Um, but, you know, they just got they uh, won the field position battle and got the field goals. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and that last piece, the the um, time of possession for me was, yeah. you know, the big thing here. Um, let me see here. Where is this at? The uh, let me find that stat because it, it was very lopsided in this game. Um, oh, here you go. Thirty five, uh, thirty five minutes and twenty three seconds for Carolina. Twenty four. Thirty seven for Atlanta. Yeah, that is that is really lopsided. Uh, yeah. Carolina had 203 yards on the ground. Obviously, some of that was from Darnold. 66 yards of that was from uh, from Darnold. Um, and I want to say, you know, like uh, there were some brutal hits in this game. That one from Foyer on, on Darnold oh, right. probably just knocked him the full Eric out. Eric Harris uh, laid oh, yeah. a good one on uh, Robbie Anderson, who left for a little bit. Yep. I, I believe he returned, but he did. Um, he did. He actually recovered the uh, onside kick at the end of the game, ironically. So, yeah. And it was insanely clean. Like yeah. it was a clean hit and everything. It just, it was one of those where it had to be made because Robbie Anderson was about to have like a huge reception. So, yeah. I mean, it was a great play by Eric Harris and it was, yeah. you know, bang, bang. But, you know, some people said maybe it was a defenseless receiver. And I think it was yeah. clear. Yeah. NFL just, just kind of started training us to where we see big hit. We're like, oh, no. But yeah. it was about as clean as it gets, yeah. in my opinion. So yeah, and um, so great play by Harris. But you know, obviously, we were a little concerned for um, uh, for Robbie Anderson, and he did end up being okay. Darnold, on the other hand, uh, he may end up in the concussion protocol after his hit. Um, yeah, that was you know pretty pretty severe. Uh, so I, I do want to say the um, you know the Falcons' defense when you have to play defense for thirty five minutes, like. That is a tough ask. And this is not a good defense. No one is stepping up here to say that the Falcons have a good defense. <laughs> they have major issues up front. Um, we know that. You know, we know that uh, it's Grady Jarrett and no one else. You know, there are some guys that made plays here and there, but consistently they couldn't stop the run today. Um, you know, there was a stretch in the second half where it was six-yard run after six-yard run after six-yard run. Uh, and you know, people are going to look at this and say, oh, well, you know, the defense, um, you know, they were the problem. They weren't good, but I don't think that they were the problem here. Um, they limited, you know, Darnold to 129 yards passing. I think the secondary played well. You know, guys like A.J. Terrell, even Fabian Moreau has looked much better in recent weeks. Um, and honestly, this one comes down to a big weakness on the defense, and that's the defensive front. Um, it's Right now, it's just Grady Jarrett and – a bunch of guys who would be depth players elsewhere and they're starters for the Falcons. And that's, that's the problem that we're going to have to fix in this upcoming off season. And I guarantee you the Falcons know it. Dean Pease knows it. Terry Fontenot knows it. Arthur Smith knows it. They're going to do something about it this upcoming year, but there's very little they can do about it right now. So for, for now, this is the defense we're stuck with. If the Falcons are going to win games, they've got to have an offense that can score. And today, that offense put up 13 points. And uh, honestly, if you had told me that the Falcons' defense was going to hold the Panthers to 19 points, I would I would tell you that they did their job. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, I feel like the offense was the bigger the bigger story here. But 
you know, the, the defense, they had bad moments too. So, um, like it, if you want to find someone to blame, you want to blame Matt Ryan. Okay. You want to blame the offensive line. Sure. You want to blame Kyle Pitts for dropping that pass. Go for it. Um, you want to blame the defense for allowing 203 yards rushing. Fine. You want to blame Koo for missing the field goal. Sure. You want to blame Arthur Smith for the play calling. You want to blame Dean Pease for his play calling. Like, I'm not going to fight you. You're everyone is probably right because this game stunk. Like everyone sucked. Okay. Uh, who didn't actually Evan, can you think of anyone who didn't suck in this game <laughs> on defense or just in general, just in general for the Falcons. Cordero Patterson. Uh, he, Patter- he will always yeah, be great. 100%. He can do no wrong. Um, he's going to be one of those guys where when his time's done in Atlanta, I think we're going to look back at him. Uh, very favorably as like um, trying to think of like a name. You got a name like that. Like one of those players where it's like they come for a short time, not a Todd Gurley or a Steven Jackson, but like where it's like, yeah, like Devin Hester. I think a lot of people see Devin Hester and they're like, like, yeah, "Yeah, he was good for us. Like for when he was here. Yeah. I don't know how long Patterson's going to play, but if he only ended up staying with the Falcons this season, which would just surprise me, um, I think we'd still look back and go, yeah, he was great. Yeah, and actually, I'm kind of hoping that the Falcons make moves to keep Patterson. You know, he's got yeah, he, he made, hasn't showed his age or anything. No, not at all. You know, he's he's early 30s, but at this yeah. point, uh, he has very little tread on the tires because he just hasn't been used elsewhere except in special teams. Um, I wouldn't mind the Falcons, you know, trying to lock him up for another year or two uh, past this mm-hmm. year. Clearly, Arthur Smith knows how to use him properly. He's getting a lot of productivity out of him. You know, right. today, 35 yards on the ground. Um, 37 yards in the air and that seems to be sort of you know the low side of what he's regularly producing for us so mm-hmm. yeah I, I would love to see them keep Patterson around so yeah you know what if we're gonna exclude any player in this game for you know the overall per- poor performance it's gonna be Patterson who has been like yep. the Falcons MVP this year uh, by a long shot um, yeah all right any final thoughts Evan as, as we close out this game <laughs> and look ahead to uh, at the Saints, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, uh, I'll just say it again. They hopefully will add to the receiving core because I don't think calling up like Austin Trammell or something from the practice squad is a fix. Um, right. They need a a um, veteran presence in that locker room. I think um, with Ridley now gone, so we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what what more to add to that. Um, one thing to to keep an eye on though is um, as of right now, I saw that Jameis Winston was carted to the locker room. I don't know what the injury is, um, but they've also been without Taysom Hill, who's been de- dealing with a concussion. So, if for some reason either one of them can't go, it'd be um, Trevor uh, Simeon, I believe. Yeah, yep. Who is in little the game as we're recording this is on my TV right now, and Trevor Simeon is uh, leading the the Saints offense. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and again, you know what? The thing is, when it comes to, um, you know, division games and division rivals, uh, you just don't know. Like, it, it always seems like those yeah. games go off script. Like, right now, and this game may change dramatically between now and then, but right now the Saints are up on the Buccaneers, and I don't think there's anyone that would say the Saints are the better team of mm. those two. Um, so yeah, these division games can go sideways real quick. Um, and yeah, past what we saw today, let's get to the next game, see how that one plays out. 
see what the Falcons do. Like you said, you know, they may, they, they may need to get some more of a veteran presence in that wide receiver room just to help stabilize it with everything that's going on. Um, really good point from you, Evan, and hopefully they'll find the way to make that happen. So, yeah, it's just, I think what's going to be an adjustment for Matt Ryan yeah. is um, all, you know, you, you just think back, when's the last time he hasn't had like a, like a true number one receiver or some, you know, a dominant receiver to kind of depend on. I mean, even last year when he lost Julio, uh, Ridley was playing out of his mind. Yeah. Um, it know, would it, probably Roddy be White, you know, 2013 it, when Julio Jones yeah. was injured and Roddy White was hobbled for most of the year. Yeah. And he had to lean on Harry Douglas uh, as his right. wide receiver one for a good por- portion of that year. So, yeah, that's probably the last time uh, to your point. Very good point that Ryan hasn't had that top receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, hundred well, percent. So. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yep. And we will be here uh, to talk about it, to preview next week's game. And of course, yep. to recap what happens after next uh, Sunday's game. So mm-hmm. Evan, on that note, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield, writing everything at the Falcolic. Um, <laughs> uh Look for the injury reports on the Um and also follow Instagram, uh, the underscore Falcolic. Like us on Facebook, um, and then obviously the Falcolic on Twitter. Um, have a happy and safe Halloween, um, and you know, I, you know, go Braves. Um, I, I'm not, I can't like attach myself to more than one Atlanta team, <laughs> but I'm hoping the Braves do it for all of you. Braves fans um, because maybe it'll make the season uh, for the Falcons like slightly um, less awful yeah 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 just slightly but I think I think it would you know at least keep put a smile on your face for the day and yeah so uh, thanks for listening yeah um, as for me guys you can follow me on Twitter at Falcoholic DW updates for this podcast at Falcoholic pod and of course the articles daily at the Falcoholic.com So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.